Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. Oh yeah. Oh no, Val. No, Val. Oh. She's not feeling a little under the weather today, yeah. and so we're we're gonna miss her on kind this of episode. Solo. It's our first time without Val. I, well, it's the first time without any of us. That's like, true. We've always been the three of us on every Feels episode weird. up to this point. Yeah, it, it's a little different. <laughs> But it's okay. We're talking about Pacific Rim. Which Val doesn't She doesn't care for that movie. Like, yeah, so. so it's all right. That's okay. That's fine. She doesn't like it. That's fine. <laughs> it's like, if I'm not that's able fair. to be at a recording, you guys could do like Reservoir Dogs or Days and Confused. <laughs> like, that's a good time to do those that I'm not familiar with. So, but, but we'll, be, we'll miss her. Yes, it's always not, not as much fun without Val. Not so. the same. But we are at Watchtower Coffee and Comics. We are. I'm having a peach vanilla soda. I just went. You oh, went to ahead. the standby. Yeah, I just went went with Daredevil. It's early on a Saturday morning. I feel like <laughs> you I needed a little extra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're at there at, at Watchtower. They've had some limited hours this week because Mike and Corey have gone off and gotten married. They're getting hitched. Getting hitched. Those for two them. crazy kids. <laughs> so we congratulate them. And Wish them all the happiness and the best. Absolutely. Yep. So before we get into the movie, I think there's a couple of things we wanted to talk about. Some upcoming films that are coming out. And I think we should probably talk about our Fan X schedule. Fan X schedules know. got released yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's quick a uh, couple upcoming movies. Um, we were kind of in the dog days of summer. Yep. There's not a whole lot right now, but the fall season is coming up. That means we're going to get a bunch of horror films, and we're going right. to get a bunch of films that they're hoping will be Academy Award nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a couple that I, I'm kind of intrigued in. I want to get your take on. Okay. Um, Joker's coming out. The... Um, the Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix origin mm-hmm. story of the iconic Batman villain. Right. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know what I think about this. I'm not necessarily, I like the Joker as a character in the Batman mythos. I think he's a great um, foil for the, the main character for Batman. And I, I'm always intrigued when he's in a film. Heath Ledger did a great job. Jack Nicholson did a great job. Very different takes on the character. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be, an, again, another different take on the character. But I don't know how interested I'm in in a movie that's all Joker origin story. I think there's a lot of people that are really excited about that, but mm-hmm. I don't know that that's what I'm as interested in. I, If it was a different actor, I wouldn't be as excited. Right. I'm really interested to see what he does because he's such a, an interesting actor. He is, yeah. Um, I read an interview with him and he said, uh, studying for the laugh, he studied people that have uncontrollable laughter. Um, it's, a, it's a medical thing I'd never really heard about, but these people, when they get upset or stressed or any kind of high emotion they break out into uncontrollable laughter and it will go on for up to 10 minutes at a time and oftentimes it's mixed with crying and that's kind of where he started from to get the the joker laugh so yeah kind of interested it looks like an old school um robert de niro type film which de niro's in it it looks like a scorsese film from the 70s right uh kind of a mean streets taxi driver uh take on on batman's villain so I'm, I'm curious to see for sure. Um, we've got Ford versus Ferrari coming out. Have you seen the trailers for that one? No. That's Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Okay. Uh, based on a true story about how Ford tried to beat Ferrari in a race. Oh, interesting. Um, and that one looks pretty, pretty interesting, pretty good. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I enjoyed... Have we beaten that dead horse too much? I, I, I almost think that maybe we have. <laughs> so I enjoyed... Um, the original Terminator, I remember seeing it a few times on TV as a kid. And mm-hmm. uh, Terminator 2, I think, is a classic. T2 is fantastic, yeah. 
the one since then. Uh, yeah, it hasn't the been The Christian Bale one was okay. Yeah. It had some interesting stuff. Um, we do have the return of Linda Hamilton. Right. Uh, James Cameron's producing. He's not directing. They have the guy who did Deadpool mm-hmm. directing. I think it's Tim Miller directing. Um, but Cameron has not been involved in anything since T2. Right. So he's producing. So he had kind of final word on script and a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So it may get a little bit back to more true to form to what T2 was. Yeah. They're basically ignoring every film since T2. This is kind of T3. Well, and I think the other big, big announcement with this new Terminator movie is that the actor who played John Connor in, in T2 is coming back yes. for the first time in the franchise. Yes. And he actually I don't think he's done been, anything. No, he, he struggled with addiction and everything. I think after T2. Yeah. And, it would for long. Yeah. And he's, he's uh, kind of been out of the public spotlight completely. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of his big return. And so I hope for that sake, it does really well. I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, so looking at a couple more that we've got coming, uh, Jojo Rabbit, um, that is the satirical film by Taki Watiti, okay. uh, who did Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Uh, it's a satirical film against hate, uh, okay. where a little German boy is growing up, uh, and he has an imaginary friend who just happens to be Hitler. So I'm very curious about that one. <laughs> yeah. Anytime that it's, uh, Watiti. I'm film. so bad with his name. Yeah, I'm interested in, <laughs> in what he does, and so it, it should be good. Uh, Gemini Man, the Will Smith film. Yeah, this one looks interesting to me. I think if, if they do it right, it'll be really good. Um, they can either not take themselves seriously enough with the film mm-hmm. or take themselves too seriously with the film, and either way it could be a disaster. So I agree with that one, yeah. Ang Lee's directing that mm-hmm. one. Um, I like what he's done with some other films, and I think that he'll make this fun and entertaining. If if nothing else, I think it'll be fun and entertaining. Yeah, the technology where they de-aged Will Smith, it's like mm-hmm. they're getting so good at that. Yeah. They're getting so well. And they said it's not even um, de-aging. Like, they built this character completely in the computer. Oh, wow. From head to toe. It's all computer generated. So interesting. very interesting there. Uh, last one let's hit is um, It Chapter 2. I'm very excited about this one. I know you're not. <laughs> no, not as much, no. <laughs> you're not a big clown fan? Uh, well, not necessarily, no, but, but also not a big horror fan. So I love Chapter 1. Um, I think the casting of the adults, because the first one dealt mostly with the kids. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting because it's not just a – I mean, there are horrific elements in the first one, but it is much more of this coming of age – Mm-hmm. Story. It's almost kind of like Stand by Me with some horror elements. Okay. Um, in it, and then they, um, when they cast, when the when the children were cast in the movie from the start, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, we have to get Jessica Chastain to play mm-hmm. the adult Beverly Marsh," and she signed on because she's worked with the director before. Oh, cool. Um, but you've got Bill Hader. You've got a bunch of people. Yeah. In that one, so I'm excited. It's, it's a good cast. It's a good cast. Uh, I think it will do well. I know it when it came out. Um, there was a lot of, you know, was it going to be good? Was it mm-hmm. anytime you're doing a remake of somebody's, anytime you're remaking someone's childhood, right? <laughs> um, there's always that, is it going to be good or is it not? And it, I think is one that got it right yes. from what I've heard from yes, a lot of fans. Very much so. So the, I'm interested to see how. The one was scary. Yeah. But this one. Well, and the Tim Curry one was like a made for TV. It was, it was a TV miniseries. Right? Yep. So obviously yep. it's not going to go into a lot of the blood and gore and scary mm-hmm. stuff as much because it was on TV. Different yeah. different rules there. So Absolutely. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, before we jump into our feature, which we're doing Pacific Rim today, um, let's talk Fan X. Fan X is coming up uh, September 5, 6, and 7. Yep. Um, some very interesting guests are coming. We've got uh, Tom Holland. Yes. Which Val is just over the moon about. Right. I think she's she's picked out an oversized backpack just in case. Oh, I hope so. I re- we really need to make that happen. Um, they've also got uh, Hayden Christensen from uh, Star Wars. Yeah. And E. McDermott from The uh, uh, the Emperor. Please, The Emperor is coming. Yeah, some great um, some dark, prequel, Star Wars prequel stuff going on there. Dark Sith coming in. Yeah, it'll be really cool. <laughs> I, I made a comment about, or I posted a picture on Facebook from from Revenge of the Sith and someone accused me I thought you didn't like the prequels okay let me clear this up (laughs) on air I do like the prequels they're still Star Wars movies I enjoy them I may not like them as much as the original trilogy Uh but I still enjoy them and and Hayden Christensen I think especially in Revenge of the Sith does a pretty dang good job as Anakin yes I would agree with that one I'm not a huge fan of the prequels um, but I do like Revenge of the Sith and I think Hayden did a great job in that one yeah, um, that scene where they lock Darth Vader's helmet down. Yes, and everything goes quiet, and then it's just the breathing. Uh, that was that was fantastic. Well, and and really, it's out of the all of the Star Wars films. It's it's one of the darker ones. I think the yeah. Last Jedi is pretty dark, but mm-hmm. the Revenge of the Sith. I mean, there's a scene where he goes in and he kills all the younglings, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's pretty intense for what we had seen up to that point. So yeah, but yeah, no, I'm excited that he's coming. I I think he's a, a great actor. I think he's underrated, and I think. Um, if, if you haven't seen, check out Shattered Glass yeah. that he's in. Well, and even uh, plays what, a true story of a of a guy who fakes a bunch of articles in the, uh, I think it's in the New Yorker magazine. I can't remember, um, mm-hmm. but got caught being accused of plagiarism. He was kind of like the hot new writer and got caught red-handed plagiarizing all these stories, yeah. uh, making these up completely. So interesting. Um, good, good flick there. Um, you've got some cool panels. I do. I've got some good ones. I think we've even got some overlap. You and I were we on a do. few we panels have a couple together. together. Yes, um, I, I'm excited about. Uh, I've got a Batman one on the first day. Batman, Start Tim off Burton. With yeah, Tim Burton's Batman is 30 years old this year, and so oh, we'll be talking man. about that. I'm getting so old. I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, and then I'm really excited on Saturday. I'm doing one with my kids where we're going to be doing some geek sign language. So we're going to. They use American Sign Language, and they're going to teach some of the signs that they know for some of the different fandoms and, and things out there. So, I'm so excited for that yeah, one. Yeah, it should be really cool. I so, think that one's so cool. Yeah, that's on, on Saturday. Head over to KidCon and learn some geeky sign some language. cool sign yeah, language from your fun. kids. Yeah, so they're really <laughs> excited to do it. So That's fantastic. Um, I've got a couple that I'm really excited about. Well, I'm excited about all of them, but uh, yep. we're talking community, which yes. I absolutely love. Colin. Yeah, Colin, who sometimes comes on this show. Mm-hmm. He's with the uh, Stol- Stolen Droids podcast. He's going to be joining us uh, for that panel. I've got a panel on um, Jordan Peele and Ari Aster, okay. uh, two upcoming horror directors. Which uh, And it's weird because I'm not a huge horror fan, but I love both of their works. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I are doing uh, It's Real to Me, Beep. Yeah, uh, professional wrestling in ninety years of theatrics. Yeah, that one's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> that I'm one's going to get a little really wild, excited. I think. And I think there's going to be a good fan base for that because we've got Jake the Snake Jake Roberts, the Snake Roberts and, is coming, and Jerry yeah. the King Lawler's uh, also That's coming. Right, I so, forgot he was coming. Yeah. So a couple of classic wrestling personalities, and so I was big into it in the eighties. Yeah, that Jake was, the Snake was that awesome. Was my, that was my jam back then. Yeah, so I'm excited to talk about that for sure. Uh, Valerie and I are on a Disneyland 101. Everything you need to know about your next trip 
Right. I'm so, going to come to that. I'm going soon in October. Get so your I've checklist got to, of everything yeah, you need already. to know. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got the Movies That Make Us podcast, podcast live, Back in Time. Yes. Well, Tell us about that one. We're going to be talking about different time travel movies, uh, different theories that we see in movies. Are we going to talk about Die Hard? It's one of my favorite time travel <laughs> flicks, for sure. <laughs> well, well, we will talk about whether Back to the Future really is BS or, or not. <laughs> so um, it should be a lot of fun. There's a, that's a classic plot to use time travel mm-hmm. and, and employ that. And, you know, how has what has worked and what hasn't and what films were really good and what films just didn't get it right. So I'm excited for that one. Yes. It should be um, really good. The one I might be most excited about you and I are joining. <sighs> this is going to be so awesome. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. You and I are joining uh, Kevin J. Anderson, the uh, prolific author mm-hmm. and dear friend of Neil Peart, the drummer of rush. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about rush for 45 years of music. And I don't know that an hour is enough to cover everything. How do you that we cover want? 45 years in an hour? You, we oh. can't even cover 2112 in an hour. <laughs> but it is, it's going to be really good. And I'm very, very excited about that I'm one. I'm so grateful you pitched this one. This is just going to be, I'm like, rush it, fan. And I have friends who are like, why didn't I know about this panel? Yeah. I'm like, well, too bad. Yep. Insider information. <laughs> I, you know. um, and then I've got uh, Exploring Batu and Black Spire Outpost at Disney's Galaxy's Edge. Okay. Um, everybody on the panel has been to Galaxy's Edge over at Disneyland. Um, it's opening up just uh, in a week or so in uh, Florida. Yeah, that's been the big news so this week. Sure. That one's coming out at Walt Disney World, so we're going to be talking about everything you can see and do there. And then I've got uh, Dune, where we'll be talking with Kevin J. Anderson, the author. Mm-hmm. Um, he is co-written with Brian Herbert, uh, a bunch of the Dune books. And so we're right. going to be talking about uh, the the books, what it, and then uh, what's, uh, what's upcoming from the movie. He's under... A no uh, yeah. spoiler no contract, yeah. but uh-huh. uh, you know we'll see what we can do, uh, what we can get out of him we, there. So we should probably talk about <laughs> what panels Val is on. Yes. She's not here, but she's also going to be there. I mean, this is really a great opportunity um, for you guys to meet us. Come say hi. I will say Absolutely. that on the app as of right now, and they'll probably fix this. She looks nothing like her picture. <laughs> she's changed. Yeah. Um, but she is, uh, do, she's going to be on she a She looks panel. like a man. <laughs> Not right. that there's anything wrong with that. But she'll, th- they're going to fix that. <laughs> They've got her picture mixed up with someone else. And you'll you'll see that one if you go to the app and they haven't fixed it. But she's going to be on an Iron Man panel. That uh, the film that fun. launched the MCU. Uh, and Colin's got on that one as well. So that one's going to be a lot be really of fun. Good. Yes. Um, and then she's on the Disneyland panel with you. Mm-hmm. Movies that make us. Uh, with us and then a force uh, where they're talking. If you guys don't know what a force is, that's the, that's the like girl, all girl superhero team from the comics, all the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and it, and that's going to be a good panel and it looks like it's a all female panel, which is going to be great. That would be a fantastic panel. Check out. Yeah. Uh, And then, and that one is on Friday Uh, and then on Saturday, she's, I didn't know she was a fan of these movies, so this is really great. <laughs> Fast, Furious, and Freaking Awesome, celebrating the Fast and Furious film franchise. So this is what I love about our group. We have such a diverse taste in, in right? movies, right? And, and so I'm excited for that. I'm sure I, Val's I, I got saw, a lot to say about it, and I it'll saw be really Hobbs good. And Shaw. I've never seen any Fast and Furious movie. I saw Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw. And Shaw. Mm-hmm. My dad said, I want to see a movie where I don't have to think. I'm like, I've got just the movie for you. Well, and the fact that 
I mean, were you able to follow the storyline? Mm-hmm. Did everything make sense? And if you've never seen any other I movie. I haven't seen any of them, but I was just, any, I'm like, yeah. there were like a few throwaway lines where I'm like, okay, somebody who's obviously a fan is going to be like, oh, okay, cool. And yeah. I was like, eh, I don't know what that means, but I'm, I'm going but with I'm going it. with it, yeah. But, you but know, yeah, and that should be a good panel. I'll though. watch almost anything The Rock's on. She's on there. Uh, Travis Tate, who I've done a few Travis panels with. Travis is a funny other, guy. He's a great guy. So, yeah, it should be should be fun. It'll so be a fun panel. There's yeah. so much to see and do over these. This is a great panel lineup. I think so, too. This might be my favorite panel lineup Yeah, I think uh, that I've ever had. Yeah, I, I was looking at it, and each of mine are very, very different. And so I get to talk mm-hmm. about some very different things throughout the three days that I'll be there. That's so it's very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so come out, fun. say hi, check in the, you know, come track us down and we'll take selfies with you or yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, someone asked me if I was going to FanX. Yeah, it should be pretty easy to find me. Just look at the schedule. Look at it, and we'll post our <laughs> schedules up there, and we would love for you to say hi. Please like, it'll do. It'll be really great. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about Pacific Rim. Oh, I, think I love this movie. Jump into it. Yeah. Yes. Um, that was a lot of introductory stuff before we got was, to the film. We don't so usually do that. No, yeah. but there's so much good stuff coming. If you like um, that, let us know. Send us feedback to yeah. podcast at moviesatmakeus.com. If you didn't like it, let us know that too. We can kill that. If you don't like it, we won't do it in the future. Um, Pacific Rim, though. I mean, to me, this is my five-year-old inner self's dream come true. You yeah. know, like my inner five-year-old child is just like, every time I see it, I'm like, yeah! It, yeah, that's a good way to describe giant it. Giant robots, giant monsters. I mean, when you're picking up a, a, a freighter mm-hmm. and using it as a baseball bat in a battle in the middle of yeah, the ocean. Absolutely. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what you want to see. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And as I was watching it um, in preparation for this, and I had seen it before years ago when it first came out, it felt a lot like an anime movie, but it was yes. all live action. Yes. You know? And I, and I asked you before we started recording, if it was based on any kind of graphic novel or comics and it wasn't. Nope. Completely original. It idea. definitely felt that way. Mm-hmm. It, the world feels like it's been already established. Yes. Yeah. And, and it felt, I mean, even the characters, like it felt like they just came off of a graphic novel page. Oh, uh, just some of the of, names right of it. Yeah. Of these yes. guys, Hannibal Chow, Hannibal Chow, Sacker Pentecost. <laughs> well, and, there's the scene where um, he's picked up Beckett, uh, Marshall has, and they're uh-huh. going to the Shatter Dome. And, um, Which, again, another great name. Another great the name. The Shatter Dome, where and, they build all the Jaegers. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> and um, what's her name? Mari Moko? Oh, yeah. Is, is there waiting, and, and she's got the umbrella on. Like, that shot of her with the umbrella, oh. like, I felt like came right off of a page and mm-hmm. right out of an mm-hmm. anime. It, it just looked really really it cool. really is kind of this anime brought to life yeah um, they did a, a couple of prequel comics mm-hmm. um, that came out which uh, explained kind of the beginning of the kaijus arriving mm-hmm. um, and I like the fact too that the movie kind of just throws you into it like right. this world is happening right we're just you start the war's been going on for years Right. The war, you know, they're they're kind of getting depleted because this has been going on for so long. I mean, they give a kind of a quick recap at the beginning right. a little bit. Hey, you know, I was 15 when the first mm-hmm. one hit and um, never thought my brother and I would be heroes or anything. And, right. But then you're just right into the Boom, action. Right and you've into got the that film. first uh, battle where he loses his brother. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen it. But it's six <laughs> years old. Go see it. I mean, you've That's had plenty you. of time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, it's an incredible visual film. It's a fun film. Um, the director I know is one of your favorites. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Man, I love his stuff. He does some amazing stuff with this film, I and, think. And I think it's it's interesting because 
people kind of just dismiss this as a big dumb monster movie. Right. And there's a lot of real interesting science fiction going on in here. Mm-hmm. The fact that you have these two pilots and they have to share their brains. They have to do a neural handshake, as they mm-hmm. call it. Um, but they have to share each other's brains and they basically act as the right and left hemisphere of one brain working together to control this giant robot. Right. And that's a very interesting take. And then when they uh, do the neural handshake with the kaiju mm-hmm. and you have this alien mixing with this human, mm-hmm. um, there's some really cool stuff in there. And I think, uh, I think in the hands of a lesser director, this film could have been really bad. Mm-hmm. It, they, they did a sequel Pacific Rim uprising, um, it was done by the showrunner of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was okay, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't spectacular. To be fair to him as a director, it's hard to follow in the shoes of a Guillermo del Toro who right. has created this world. Um, he just has such a signature feel and look to his films when he makes them, and not necessarily like every film that he makes is the same. But right, each right. film has its own signature feel and he's look. He's an auteur. Yeah. yeah, he's got that that's feel like you said and if you try to come in and play in his sandbox in his world that he created because it was a world that he created it's hard that's mm-hmm. hard to do i think there's a few a few directors out there that it's just hard to follow in their footsteps for that kind of reason i think tim burton is another one totally look at, totally. look at alice in wonderland that came out in 2010 and then the follow-up through the looking glass mm-hmm. just didn't feel the same no it didn't but it Absolutely. felt like it was trying to feel the same in that just fell short. It's like I'm I'm trying to make it my own, but I'm right. also trying to be fair yeah. to the original, and it just didn't work on either level. Yeah. Um, I think Guillermo del Toro is such an interesting director. Do you know much about his childhood? No. So he grew up in Mexico. Okay. And he was raised by his grandmother. I believe both his parents were killed in um, like a, a violent attack, but I'm not positive on that. Okay. But his grandmother did not. She was very Catholic. And she did not want him to get into graphic novels, fantasy stories, um, stuff like that. And so he would have to, like, smuggle them into the house uh, in order to read comic books or to read fairy tales. Um, In fact, at one point, his grandmother took um, the lids from soda pop bottles with a really sharp and metal on the edge and put them in his shoes and would make him walk to school with these as punishment and try and use that as a deterrent. And he said... He would just that made him want to do it even more because he was kind of this rebellious guy. Like, you can't tell me what to do. Well, with certain kids with that kind of a personality, you know, every kid's different. Sure. And when you try to prevent them from doing something that just makes for some kids that just makes them want to do it more. Like, Mm -hmm. there must be something really cool that I'm missing. The (laughs) grownups won't let me do it. And I need to know what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes that backfires when it's that deterrent. Uh, kind of approach. So yeah. that's interesting. So, yeah. So he went on, I mean, um, Pan's Labyrinth with the, mm-hmm. with the beautiful, and it's interesting too. He, he, um, he has a sketchbook that he takes with him all the time and he'll just sketch these ideas and concepts and stories. Mm-hmm. And he's such an imaginative, creative director. He went on to win an Academy Award with Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a very, he started off doing a uh, blade two. Mm-hmm. He did, um, Oh, I can't think of the name of the film. Pardon me, but it's the the, the insect film where the insects become human-like. Okay. Um, and it's I I just drawn a brain cramp. Anyway, but he he brings such a different style, like you said. But you can always tell that it's a Del Toro film. Yes. Crimson Peak is another one where it's kind of a gothic horror romance with Tom Hiddleston. 
Yes. Um, just a really interesting guy. Um, I well, love the fact too. Did you find it? Uh, no, I okay. was just looking, I was just going to mention though. Yeah. Um, Hellboy is one of my favorites. <gasps> Hellboy one and two. Yes, yes, absolutely. They're just amazing. I love Hellboy two. I really wish they could have finished the trilogy. Was it um, Mike was it McNola? The strain didn't, was that the, the strain? One? Yeah. Okay. Um, but Mike McNola, he decided he didn't like Guillermo del Toro's take on Hellboy, so he didn't allow him to do a third film. Right, and that's uh, why we've gotten the relaunch of of Hellboy with this one that came out this year. And, yeah, David Harbor didn't yeah. didn't do well. No, it didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, it. And so while he. While they may not have liked Hellboy and how he was looking with Del Toro, apparently the fans did. Fans so, really enjoyed the, that take on right. Hellboy. So, um, um, but anyway, back to Pacific Rim. I love the fact to before. Please, I'm yes. sorry. One more thing yes, we need to yeah. mention that just never happened that I always wanted to was he was rumored for a long time to be doing a haunted mansion film. That would have been so good. Which would have been incredible. I I really because, wish that would have happened. I mean, yes, there is a Haunted Mansion movie out there, but we don't really talk about it because we shouldn't. That Eddie Murphy film did not do no. justice to that ride. No, it didn't. But his film, I think, would have, and it would yes. have been pretty incredible. Well, so. especially because this year it's the 50th anniversary. Yes. The 50th anniversary this year. Just happened. Yep. Yep. Well, and and he, he like you mentioned, he has a distinct look and a dis- distinct style. And he kind of goes in this quirky, kind of creepy <laughs> thing, but it's uh-huh. not overly scary or gruesome or, you know what I mean? It's, right, right. It is creepy and it's weird and it's kind of out there, but, and I think that's why it works like with Hellboy because he is, is I mean, he's from hell, he's a demon and everything right, else. But, right. but it, he also loves cats and right. a good beer and hanging out with his buddies. <laughs> like you're watching these characters on screen or these creatures on screen that should be terrifying but he does it in a way that it's not overly terrifying and right. it's not overly scary so yeah i like his style quite a bit i do too yeah um one of the things that he does that i love is he's a big believer in practical effects mm-hmm. so for pacific rim these guys are actually strapped into these machines they built the the head of these robots and oh, they were huge and these guys were like on treadmills those little mm-hmm. lurching forward things that's all real that's all legit yeah, um, and they said they had to strenuously move their legs in order to get those uh, platforms that they're on to move, which makes oh, sense because the robot's legs are heavy, and yeah. he wanted to make it feel like it was actually effort to pilot these things. Well, and when you watch them when they're in the the head and they're piloting, it, you can tell that they've got to put effort into it. You mm-hmm. can tell that they have to strength. That's not just them acting, acting. like they have to. And right. I think that you get. Practical effects, people don't understand. There's some amazing things that we can do with computer-generated stuff, and it's awesome. And there's definitely some CGI in this film. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but but you lose some things when you get rid of practical effects completely. Yeah, when you can merge the two. Yeah, there's just a certain amount of tangibility or like realism that's there when you do the practical effects that you lose when you don't have them in the film. Yeah, the the upcoming, it's a little off topic, but the upcoming Dark Crystal Netflix film mm-hmm. with the puppets, but melded with the CGI backgrounds. Right. So that one, I, that I, I just love what too. they can come up with, the stuff yes. that they can do. Um, the computers are getting better and better, but I, I, I'm a big believer in combining these when you can. Yep. Um, so it's a it's a monster movie. It's a sci-fi robot movie. It's an alien invasion movie. It's kind of like he took a bunch of genres and threw them into a blender. Right. And it and it and t- it's awesome. And it came out as a delicious smoothie. <laughs> Put it all in a blender. It came out as a delicious smoothie. I love it. 
I think I, we maybe found the the title of the episode. <laughs> Delicious, Delicious smoothie. smoothie. Yep. <laughs> That's gonna work. That's gonna do it. Yeah. But, but you're right. It is a lot of different types of films brought into one. And mm-hmm. I think when it when I heard about Pacific Rim, when I read the kind of synopsis of the film, or looked at you know, do I want to go see this or not? Right. I think initially my thought would have been no because it is so much packed into one film. Oh, visually, uh, absolutely, yeah. But then you see it and you're like, nope, this is actually pretty entertaining. It's not going it, to, it wasn't nominated for any like nope. Best Picture Awards, and it's, it's not, if that's what you're looking for, that's not this film at all. Right, right. The acting is passable, like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You've got some great actors in it, like yeah. Idris Elba, before he was mm-hmm. as big as he is now. Right, right. I mean, popularity-wise, he still seemed pretty, like, large in stature, kind of big. Right. But but you've got him, you've got Ron Perlman in it, who obviously loves working with Del Toro. This was his fifth film with Del Toro, yeah. And he was great. Um, you've got the guy... Charlie Day. Yes, from <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, <laughs> playing a very different role, but not so different, like... <laughs> <laughs> it was like um, a smarter version of his role but I think the weak link is Charlie Hooman mm-hmm. the, the main character yes um, I, I just kind of think that uh, he plays Rally Beckett mm-hmm. uh, to me he's kind of the he's he's okay he's passable right but he everybody else is kind of chewing the scenery a little bit and he's yes. trying to play the straight man that's that's a great way to put it because it's true I can think of all the memorable characters and the only reason I remember him is because he is the main character. Right, right. It wasn't because of his performance at all. But, I mean, Ron Perlman, when he's on his Hannibal <laughs> Chow, he is incredible. <laughs> I mean, he's just, I mean, he's Ron Perlman. He does a great job. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Idris Elba as Marshall does a, a wonderful job as well. And so, you're right. They kind of steal the show a little bit from the main actor who's kind of just there. And you have it's to care about bland. him because you have to care about him. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. I love the idea of him being tied to his brother mm-hmm. when his brother is killed right. in the kaiju attack. And I think the amount of trauma psychologically that would do to a person. And so I love the idea of the character. I just don't think he brought the depth that was needed. Because well, you don't kind of, they kind of explore that, but not as much as I would have. I would have, it doesn't feel as tangible to me. Right. I, I agree. And I, I think one indicator that he just really didn't land it in this role is this should have been his big breakout role. Mm-hmm. He should be in, I mean, he should have been in a Marvel movie by now because there's so many of them and he <laughs> there's so many in an action available. movie. <laughs> right. But he really hasn't done anything since Pacific Rim. Did he Rim. do uh, Sons of Anarchy? Was that his big, that big may thing? That yeah. I can't remember. Um, anyway, but I love... Some of the some of the lines in this movie, just like you said earlier, seem like they come right out of a graphic novel. Yes. Uh, Today we're canceling the apocalypse. Yeah. Um, Well, even when 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 Marshall gets up and gives his big speech before mm -hmm. he goes out to pilot the the Jaeger again, and it's at the end of the movie. Even that is like, okay, this is over the top, man. (laughs) But Idris Elba sells it. Oh, he totally does. You're like, like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like okay. Reset the clock, you know. I mean, some of these lines are just yeah. And then when they do get back, stop the clock. <laughs> okay. And the whole shatter dome goes wild. This clock is the most important thing ever, man. <laughs> and, and even some of the ways that the, the clock is a great example because even when they introduce it and he gets to the shatter dome, he looks up and they show the clock. And he's like, "It's a what does he call it? A doomsday clock a doomsday or, or clock. some kind of uh-huh. clock?" He's mm-hmm. like, "It's a." 
And I'm like, oh my goodness. And then it keeps coming back up anyway. <laughs> every time that there's a kaiju attack, yeah, they reset. reset the yeah. clock and they're coming faster and faster and yeah, bigger. And then and they start coming two at a time. And mm-hmm. it, I love the names in this film too. Not the, just the character names, right. but the names for the different things. Like you talked about the neural handshake and the drift. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that we never get like the technical scientific name for for that, right? But we get what <laughs> what they call it. And really, mm-hmm. what else do you need to know? I mean, how many things are there in this world that I don't know the scientific technical name for? It, but right. I know. Well, and these guys probably don't know outside of right. the two scientists. Right. Um, the the Jaeger pilots aren't necessarily going to know all the specifics of it. They just know it works. Right. And and to be honest, a neural handshake is like okay, I get it now. You're connecting brains <laughs> like it makes sense. But even like the the kaiju, which I believe is a, a Japanese. Yes. Name. Uh-huh. Um, the Jaeger is a German, German name, name, means hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it because what we're seeing is this. The world is kind of coming together as a more of a global society because of these attacks. Yes. Because they have to. And like, okay, one country's not going to beat these monsters mm-hmm. by themselves. Uh, and so you're going to start seeing that integration of different Cultures language words and, coming yeah. together into, into a new language. You know, I was thinking about um, Star Trek the other day. I think about Star Trek probably more often than most people. But every world had its own, like universal language on that world right this is how we start getting to that when we have to start coming together and we just incorporate the words from different languages and it becomes one anyway i thought it was kind of that's cool. that's an interesting take i like that so i hadn't thought of it in that way but you're right yeah because yeah. they talk about how um the one jaeger was from australia mm-hmm. um it's been guarding the wall and it's the oldest one yeah uh, but it beat back the kaiju at the pacific rim Right. Um, and the Sydney Harbor. And then you've got the Crimson Dynamo, yeah. the three-armed robot and that's from, from China. China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the one from Russia. I think the older one was from Russia, wasn't it? Uh, there's two old ones, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all kind of old, but I think maybe Russia is the oldest. And I think the Australian one was like the fastest. New, that's that, what it was. Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Yes, yes, yes. But, but it's cool because they all, but it's a global community coming mm-hmm. together and it's kind of fun to see that. Yeah. And, and in, in its infancy kind of a thing so which is okay because we're in the pre-infancy stage because we're still not quite there right <laughs> well I, and I, I think it's interesting because this film was made um, what five six years ago mm-hmm. um, but I, but and I, I try not to get super political but I, I was thinking about the idea of this wall trying to build this wall to keep stuff yeah. out and I'm not going to get political on this but I just thought that was kind of an interesting idea before well, it became a big thing what's, here. What's interesting about the whole wall concept in this movie um, is, you know, what really kind of triggers and starts changing people's minds about the Jaeger program going offline and everything is that the wall in Sydney didn't work at all and the monster came right through. So Right. And again, you see this over and over again. These walls, to keep things out, just don't work. You see it in stories again and again. And you see it here, you see it. Like, I love Mulan for that example. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or as an example of that, because the Huns come right over the wall and it doesn't <laughs> stop them at all. So walls just typically, for keeping stuff out, just typically aren't if that people effective. people are wanting to get in, if a kaiju wants to get through it, they're going to get through it. Yep. But it does have one of my, the, the wall does have one of my favorite lines in it, where the foreman is talking to everybody. I've got good news and I've got bad yes, news. That was another one that I was like, oh my gosh, what <laughs> Which is this do you want movie? first? Yeah. Give us the bad news. Three guys died on top of the wall yesterday. Was the good news? I got three jobs opening up on top of the wall today. Who wants to eat? 
yeah, it was that was a great moment. <laughs> and it could have been so awful. Yeah. It could have just been terrible, and it, and it just works. Well, it works because they just keep moving, and they don't they don't dwell, dwell on that. On it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, I, that that to me gives it another sense of this lived-in world. Yeah, um, that we're just kind of dropped into the middle of. And well, it and I, you're right. What what this movie does as far as building a world is it it kind of demonstrates in that scene and in other scenes. How does the economy change? How does the soul, mm-hmm. the society change? The culture change when you're constantly under these attacks? You know, obviously people are going to monetize it. You've got Animal oh. Chow out there taking parts from the I love from the kaiju and <laughs> and selling them, and you've got uh, st- people building the wall that are obviously mm-hmm. making money off of this, mm-hmm. and and even the politics where they're going to go with the wall because the Jaeger haven't been able to stop them. So we're going to build the wall. This is our best this hope is, and uh-huh. our best defense. Well, probably because that politician, the guy who's pushing it is getting paid by get some lobbyists yep. who's building the wall, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, I mean, the realism that goes into that kind of stuff is, is pretty impressive for a movie that is fantastic. And uh, I mean, fantastical, right. You know, no, yeah, absolutely. It, it does bring in a lot of those elements that make it feel like you said lived in and just real. these little nuggets, yeah. just these little pieces. It's like extra set dressing. Yeah, I you agree. Know, and just uh, I love the look of this film too. Uh, everything's kind of very wet and yes. falling apart and and dark. I think it's interesting. The sequel tried to make everything more in the daylight. Yeah, to kind of distinguish itself from it. Um, yes, because that's what you want to do with a sequel is distinguish yourself from the original and not just build off of it. You know, this worked really well, but we want to be different as a sequel to this movie. So off to a great I, I, start. I think, I think Guillermo did the original treatment for the sequel, mm-hmm. uh, but that was all his involvement. Um, by the way, he's he's trying to work on uh, a Netflix version of Pinocchio. Yes. Uh, which he compared to the Frankenstein story. Which I think could be very interesting. Listen, I, I Pinocchio is probably one of my least favorite Disney cartoons. Mm-hmm. I've never really been able to connect with the story. Mm-hmm. Um, making it more like a Frankenstein type story, I'm on board with that. Absolutely. <laughs> if if Jiminy Cricket could be like some kind of monstrous, weird looking <gasps> alien yes. thing, I'd be all over that too. Uh, it's got to be played by um, Andy Serkis. Th- that or the the guy who does all the Guillermo del Toro films. Um, Oh, who, brain cramp. Yeah, who did the... Abe uh, Sapien. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I know who you're talking about, but I don't know his name. <laughs> it's early. I don't have enough caffeine in me. I need, uh, I need to get going. myself a daredevil. Uh, Doug Jones. Yes. Doug Jones. That's it. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. Like, Yeah, and when you look at him without all the makeup and costume on, like I'm doing on IMDb, mm-hmm. he was made for these roles. Oh he's yeah. Kind of a weird He's he's got this very long body. He has a long body, long very long face. fingers, very long face. Yeah. Um but like I, I bought a I had a a set of cards that were Pan's Labyrinth theater cards. Uh-huh. So these were different posters that were used in theaters around the world. And the handler was like, oh he he'll sign one of them. He's like, no, I'll sign all of them. Oh, cool. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. He's like, no, I want to. Oh, that's cool. And signed the whole set and then like came up and gave me this big hug afterwards. He hugs everybody he meets. Oh, that's cool. Which I think is just a really cool yeah. uh, kind of thing. But, what a neat guy. So Pacific Rim wrapping this up. Yes. Um, final thoughts. I, it's an enjoyable movie. It's a great. It's something that we're we're seeing less and less of. Um, 
that I have a certain appreciation for. It's it's a popcorn movie. Oh yeah, and I and I love that. An I original love, popcorn film yes. too. Completely original. And any more like you don't get a straight up popcorn flick because people want it to be. It's got to be have have great dialogue. It's got to have great act. And all that's wonderful. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Totally. Absolutely. Not everything has to be taken so seriously. Sometimes it's great to go to a movie and just like, I don't, like your dad wanted to watch a movie that you were telling me the other day where you didn't have to think about it with Hobbs just, and Shaw. Just, I don't want to think about the plot. Okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, and Pacific and Rim's the same way. Is. Robots are good. Monsters are bad. Right. They're going to punch each other in the face a lot. And yeah. there was no, there was no like weird twist where the humans were actually bad and the monsters were good. No. Right. It was the Pretty monsters were cut. just misunderstood this whole time. No, yeah. yeah. No, they really wanted to exterminate <laughs> us once we fight. And I thought that was going to come, you know, as they do the, the whole drifting with the kaiju that uh-huh. we're going to find out. No, we, they're really sympathetic and they really just want. No. I was thinking that too. They just want to wipe film. us out. Mm-hmm. We're in the way. Um, so I, I really like that and I can appreciate that. And so for me, this is a solid B movie. I mean, obviously. That sounded really bad. Not in like quotes. a B, yeah, yeah. Not, not like a B movie, but like a solid B grade for the movie. It is what it is. It's yeah. enjoyable. It's fun. Turn it on. My my boys walked by while I was watching it. Sat down and watched because it's robots fighting <laughs> monsters, and it doesn't get in the way of itself. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's an enjoyable movie. What would you rate it? Uh, a grade a B. B, B grade, B, yeah. To a B for a B movie, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to me, I agree with you. It is a it's a classic quote unquote B movie. Yeah, the old films from the nineteen fifties, the monster movies, it's right. a throwback in a lot of ways. Um, I think that Guillermo del Toro's direction and the cinematography take it up just a little bit. I'm going to go like a B plus a minus. Okay, um, it's an elevated B film. Okay, for me, um, very very much an enjoyable flick. And I think I think that's great. And I think it's funny because you can give a movie a B plus or an A minus, and you in your mind you're thinking, well, then it's got to be this this, but it doesn't. No, right? Because if right. it is what it is, it's and not Schumer's it list. It's no, not. Yeah, but no. it, it's not trying to be that. Thing. Right. And so it is what it is, and you just have to enjoy it for what it is. And yeah. if you can do that, you'll enjoy this movie absolutely. I I, I love it. I think yeah. it's great. The music's great. The score for that. They got Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine right. with Raymond Giwandi, I can never say his name, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who did all the music for Game of Thrones. Which is awesome. And created this rock and roll classics. It's this, mel- again, it's this melding of genres. You've got yep. kind of this orchestral score, and then you've got just this pounding rock guitar well, with it. Again, I'm, I'm a big fan of the idea that rock musicians could do film scores. I mean, look at Danny Elfman who's yep. made, he's had two careers, one with, with Oingo Boingo and one with, uh, you know, writing film scores yeah. and, and he's been successful at both. So yeah. why not? Absolutely. Oingo a, a Boingo is definitely different than Rage Against the Machine. Sure. <laughs> but, two very different bands, but two bands that I enjoy. But speaking of Game of Thrones, this yes. is a side note and uh-huh. everybody, you, you this know, is check what we do. There is, um, on YouTube, you can find it a video of a bunch of like rock guitarists and Brad Paisley. I don't know why he's there. Yes. But, but they're Fender artists mm-hmm. and Fender's the one that put it together and they're doing the game of throne theme. And it, it is, is so awesome. cool. It's really cool. So, so, so cool. Definitely check that out. Yeah. Sorry. You mentioned game of thrones and Rage no, Against no. machine. And that made me think absolutely yeah, so much. That's that a out. cool video. Yeah. I yeah. enjoy that quite a bit. 
We've had a lot that we talked about. This was a good day. <laughs> so, yeah, this was fun. <laughs> all right. Well, we miss you, Val. Feel better. We do miss you, Val. It hasn't been that fun. Sorry. Yeah. No, it hasn't been fun at all. Uh, Val, do you want to tease a couple of our upcoming episodes? Yeah, we, we are going to record an episode when Val's feeling better on Goodwill Hunting. Her birthday is coming up this month. Yep. And that is the movie she wanted to talk about for her birthday. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great film. I mean, it's I love Goodwill Hunting because... It's Robin Williams in a very serious, dramatic role. And I am a big believer that these comedic actors who are really good at comedy can do a really great Mm -hmm. job in a dramatic role, like a Jim Carrey, like Robin Williams. Bill Hader, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And this this is a great example of that. And this is back when Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were all really young. They look so young in this movie going back and watching it. And they're still hungry. They're not established yet. So Mm -hmm. This was their breakout. Yeah, this was a, a great film. Um, so that'll be a good one coming yep. up. We've got the Muppet movie coming up. Oh, I love the Muppets. Another classic. Jim Henson was incredible. A genius. And the Flat Muppets, genius. just in general, the, the idea that there are these weird puppety creatures just living in our world, yeah. interacting in our world. <laughs> it's just like, I've always had a hard time trying to figure out where the puppets or puppets, where the Muppets uh-huh. fit in society. Like, is this a children's? franchise is this an adult because it it spans it so does. much it really does so. um and i'm excited because the muppet movie and the original star wars a new hope those are the two films that i remember seeing in the theater as those are like my earliest movie memories oh that's awesome and kind of formed a lot of my identity i remember oh, being cool. so scared when kermit's riding the bike and he gets run over by the road pavers he's like it was gone with the schwinn you know and i I, I remember as a kid being traumatized thinking, okay. they just killed Kermit the Frog. Which is very traumatizing, but <laughs> the puns in this film oh, are just oh, off the delicious, charts. Delicious, delicious puns a, on that one. It's a myth, myth. De- yes. <laughs> and then they come back and, and do it again. Well, I, just, I love with it with, at one point <laughs> where something happened. I can't remember what it was. And, and he says, grief. It's a running gag. <laughs> like it's just going to keep popping up. <laughs> but it's just a great, fun film. Uh, and it, it really establishes the Muppets as this universal draw. Like mm-hmm. kids, grown-ups, I think anybody can enjoy the Muppets. When we do that episode, I want to talk about a little bit about how kind of Disney's dropped the ball with them. Because yeah. Disney is, uh, owns them now, and they kind of don't really know what to do with them. We had the Jason Siegel movie, which was yeah, really, really good. It was really good. And then we had the Russian movie with Tina Fey, and that one was really quite bad. And yeah. So they and, Well, and then there was the TV series mm-hmm. that they did. Muppets Tonight, yeah. And that, well, the the... I think it was just the Muppets. The one oh, that you see, yes. they did, did the, two. They've done two. They did yeah. Muppets Tonight, and then they did the Muppets. Yeah, and that one they just tried was, to make it like The Office. Yeah, and, it was supposed to be like The Office, but with Muppets. Yeah, Disney has done a really good job with a lot of the franchises that they've purchased. Yeah, um, I think they've done a really good job with Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this is going to split our audience down the middle, but I think they've done a good job with Star Wars. I, I agree. I agree. Um, but, yeah, I agree. They've kind of kind dropped, dropped the ball, the ball with, with the Muppets. Muppets and that sad. was kind of the first one that they acquired. That was one of the earliest acquisitions, and, yeah. And everybody was kind of excited because, okay, now we're going to see... Kind of this resurgence. Right. And it just hasn't really happened. I, yeah. it, it almost feels like... And Disney would never do this, I'm sure. They just kind of did it to kind of squash that competitor. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels that way. Yeah. <laughs> Not that they so, would ever do no, that. No, please. Never. No. But anyway, some good stuff. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> some good stuff coming up. I'm excited for it. We we want to wait until Val's feeling better to talk about those because yep. 
we, it's just not the same without it's it. Not. This has been it's fun. This is good. But, but this is better. It, this is this is like hanging out with a, a friend and you're having like a Shake Shack. Yeah. You know, you're enjoying it. It's a good time, but it's not a gourmet meal. Yeah, I agree. It's just not quite the same without Val. So I agree. We're definitely wanting her to uh, come back and happy and healthy and absolutely uh, be back with us soon. So check us out at FanX. Yes. It's coming up in just a couple of weeks. We're really excited. We want to meet all of you guys and hang out and say hi. Absolutely. So yeah. Check out the panel schedule. I we'll, mean, we'll post our panel schedules on Facebook. Yep. Um, we'll probably I'll get them tweeted out as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at Movies Make Us. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies That Make Us, as well as on Facebook. Just look up Movies That Make Us. Um, send us any feedback that you'd like to it to our email podcast at movies that make us.com. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah. We're always looking for new ideas for movies. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't send an email, let us know on our Facebook yeah, page. Absolutely. Um, or if you've sent an email and we haven't responded or acknowledged it, be like, Hey, you guys, yeah, then post it on Facebook. On- <laughs> so we all see Facebook. We don't always see the emails, but yeah. Facebook is a great place to, to reach out to us. Absolutely. So. But anyway, thank so. you for listening. There's no song for you to sing on no, this one. But we did cancel the apocalypse. We did cancel it. Yep. So stop the clock. Stop the clock. <laughs> stop the clock. All right. We won't see you at the movies. Bye. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.